From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Daniel Sellerson. D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra. Yeah. And the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Daniel Salerson. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome in to the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salerson, filling in for Sean Kelly, who has a much-deserved day off before the Pelicans are back in action tomorrow night against the Golden State Warriors. It hasn't been a fun couple weeks for the Pelicans, losing seven straight with their last win coming against the Boston Celtics on January 3rd, but hopefully they can right the ship tomorrow against those Golden State Warriors. It is championship weekend in the NFL, which includes a great battle in the Northwest between the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. Maybe if the 49ers make their second straight Super Bowl, Jim Harbaugh can buy a nicer pair of khakis to wear instead of those $8 ones he gets from Walmart. Hey, the guy is a consistent dresser, but come on, Jim, live a little. Stop by a Macy's every now and then. In the AFC, it's the Broncos versus the Patriots, a.k.a. Manning versus Brady for the millionth time. I don't know if anyone's actually talked about the football game this weekend. I don't know if anyone's actually talked about the football game this weekend. The only storylines I've heard this week is Tom Brady has been under the weather, and Peyton Manning likes to say the word Omaha. Hey, if Omaha wants to give me an endorsement deal, I'll say Omaha a thousand times on the Black and Blue Report and the Pelicans broadcast. Speaking of the Pelicans, they are the main focus of our show today. If you missed the Monty Williams show last night on 105.3 WWL-FM, no worries. You'll hear both segments of his extensive interview with Sean Kelly. In between that, Chris Boussard will join us to talk about the NBA and the Pelicans as he brings some sizzle on the show at the beginning of the segment. You don't want to miss it. Well, enough rambling from me. Coming up next, part one of Sean Kelly's interview with head coach Monty Williams. As one Entergy customer to another, I have a tip for you. Download the free Entergy app. If my power goes out, I check the app. The outage maps let me know what's happening and when to expect my lights back on. It also makes it easy to pay my bill and manage my account, all right from my smartphone. Download the app today or visit EntergyApp.com for more information. Giving me control in the palm of my hand? That's the power of people. Entergy. The Pelicans Valentine's three-game flex pack presented by Woodhouse Day Spa is a great gift for the basketball lover in your life. This limited-time offer includes two tickets to any three games of your choice on the Pelicans schedule, including matchups against the Clippers, Thunder, and Heat. Packages start as low as $54, plus the first 200 packs purchased will include a $25 gift card to Woodhouse Day Spa. So call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your Valentine's three-game flex pack today. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. Every Thursday at 8 p.m. on the Pelicans flagship 105.3 WWL-FM is the Monty Williams Show. On each show, Sean Kelly sits down extensively with the head coach, and here's the first part of their conversation from last night. Last night, coming off the loss to uh, the Houston Rockets, the uh, losing streak now at 7 but in the last two games, the loss to San Antonio on Monday, the loss to Houston last night, do you feel that your team accounted for itself better? Yeah, I, I really believe that we play 
the game to win, but when you're, and no buts, when you're in a situation where you're quote-unquote undermanned, dealing with injuries, you're trying to get your program moving in the right direction and keep it going that way. And I, I feel like that, that's been accomplished and still in the process of doing that. And so these last few games where we've played really good teams and battled till the end, we, we got some guys who are getting confidence in certain situations. AD has been able to carry us. The bottom line is you want to get wins, but I do see a lot of promise with this group. When you look at those two games, then I want to get to this whole dynamic of your roster at the moment, but when you look at these two games, can you put your finger on one thing? Does it leave you at, at that moment when you look back on the two? Just silly mistakes. You know, we, we have, and, and I'm going to pick on AD for a second. We play against the Spurs. He picks up fouls early in the game, and then we got to sit him out. <laughs> and then last night when we're playing against Houston, the first three minutes of the second half in the third quarter, he picks up three fouls. And as a, a young franchise player, it's like a quarterback who you want to get out of bounds before he takes a hit because he's too valuable to the team. You know, he can't pick up those fouls because we need him. And so when he goes to the bench, we're putting in a guy who doesn't have the capability of scoring the way that he can. And so those are the things that need attention, and we can grow from that. And I'm going to have that talk with him because it's going to be a part of him becoming a star, um, a superstar one day. I don't mean to call him a kid, but he's 20 years old. Yeah. Is he the kind of kid, though, that has a week like this and learns from it? Some guys, just they, they can never kind of put that lesson together. Does he strike you as the kind of player that can do that? No, he, he's – one of the rare athletes that I've been around where if you teach him something about the game, he puts it to use the very next time he has a chance to play. And I thought I was the only one that saw it, but the coaches also see it. And we were talking about that. If I tell him anything about the game, you can see it the very next game or the very next practice. He just puts it into play. And so that issue about him understanding when and when not to, that that's something that only level 1A guys have to think about. I was never in that position. So I do know that those guys, I played with Tim Duncan, I played with David Robinson, I played with a number of high-level guys. They thought the game that way. Sometimes they would contest a shot without fouling, understanding that they don't want to smack down because they, they know they can't come out of the game. And that's something that he's got to understand, who he is and how valuable he is to our team. Eric's the other valuable piece right now on a shorthanded roster. Uh, you know, there's going to be a fan here on this Thursday that picks up the box score that maybe didn't watch all of the game last night and says, holy cow, Eric Gordon had 33 in the first three quarters, mm -hmm. two in the fourth. Yeah. What happened? They trapped him a ton. Um, they did a good job of blitzing him. Uh, Parsons tried to deny him the ball. I, got, I thought a few times he just grabbed Eric and Eric couldn't get the ball, but he couldn't get in the same positions that he got into the first three quarters. And a lot of that's on me. You know, I got to get him the ball where he can score. But when you have a guy who's already scored that many points, other guys have to step up. And we had a number of guys just miss shots. I mean, Jason has a wide open look. Darius was one for six. B-Rob was four for 11. So when Eric passed it out of the double team, Nobody knocked down the shot. And, you know, make no mistake about it, Eric made the right plays. When you get double teamed and after you've dropped that many points, you got to get off of it and give it to the other guys, and they got to come through. Before the knee problems started to set in for Eric, I always felt like he was a very underrated defender. I mean, at times a lockdown defender. It almost as if he showed it again last night against Harden for a good portion of the game. 
isn't that the defense you'd like to see from him every night? Yeah, you know, it's 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 hard to muster up that kind of effort when you're trying to carry the team on offense. And so for him to play like that on both ends of the floor says a lot about his mentality. It also says a lot about his conditioning and, and where he is with his health. Now people understand why I was so excited about him before because he, he's a level one guy on any given night. He can carry a team. And so the defense is just something that I, I've I felt like he could do that from my days in Portland. He was one of the few guys that would guard Brandon Roy and wouldn't even blink. And um, not many people wanted to guard Brandon. And so Eric has the capability. We just got to gotta grow on that. You mentioned Jason Smith. And before we get to the break, I want to bring this up. Last six, he's shooting, I think, less than 36%. You, you mentioned he struggled from the field last night against Houston. Heck, there was a look, Coach, that he got late in the game that's virtually automatic for that guy, but yet he missed it. Is there something going on with him? Is he more beat up than I even realized? Well, he probably is. I mean, he's the kind of guy I always say he has shelf life. You know, he, he plays about five or six minutes in a row, and then after that you start to think about getting him out because he, he just wears himself out. And He's one of the guys, they're, they're rare in the NBA. They play hard for five, six, seven minutes, and then after that they're spent. And I think he's – he wears himself out. I think he has a few issues with his body, but everybody has that. He's just got to knock the shots down. You know, he, he's been in position the last few games at the top of the key, and that's his shot. I mean, the last three years, he's been lights out from the top of the key. He just hasn't made many in a row the way we expect. Hear the rest of his interview later on in the show. Coming up next, ESPN.com and ESPN the Magazine NBA writer Chris Broussard joins me to talk about the Pelicans and some storylines around the NBA. Your mission, win your share of up to $3 million in free play and prizes. M-Life presents License to Thrill, only at Beau Rivage. You could win a trip to London, even a new Mercedes E350. Drawings every Thursday and Saturday. Up to 800 winners. So play for the thrill. License to Thrill. You belong at the Bow. CM Life Desk for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-777-9696. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Follow us on Twitter at BlackBlueReport. He's a writer for ESPN.com and ESPN the Magazine, and making his second appearance on the Black Blue Report is Chris Broussard. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Um, am I allowed to make a, a little joke at the Pelicans' expense? Well, it depends what the joke is, but I'll let, I'll, I'll let you have a crack at it. <laughs> well, considering the, the beatings they've been taking lately, uh, the Black and Blue Report sounds pretty apropos. Oh, okay. <laughs> And look, I'm a Pelicans fan. I'm an Anthony Davis fan, an Eric Gordon fan, a Monty Williams fan. So I like them a lot, uh, but obviously they're going through a tough stretch. If you look at the last few games, though, they've kept the San Antonio Spurs pretty close. They almost beat the Rockets yesterday, so hasn't been too can't, bad lately. Can't think that way. 
<laughs> no moral victory. You know, I mean, look, this is a team that's got a future. Right. They got building blocks. They they they've got to be thinking of victory or nothing, victory or bust. So I hear where you're coming from, but they can't think that way. No moral victory. Chris Broussard starting off the interview with a bang. I like it. With some fire. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, big NBA trade happening uh, on Wednesday. The Warriors get Marshawn Brooks and Jordan Crawford. The Heat get Tony Douglas and the Celtics get Joel Anthony and two draft picks. Chris, in your mind, did every team win in this trade or did one team get the better end of the deal in your opinion? I thought it was a pretty good trade for each team involved. The Warriors were looking – to add to their bench, which they did. Jordan Crawford and Marshawn Brooks are very talented players that, you know, if they can be reined in a little bit and really learn how to play in the system, uh, which Crawford did a little bit this year in Boston, uh, they could be productive players. Obviously, they're not going to start or anything like that, so I think they're good bench guys. Boston improved in terms of getting draft picks, and that's what they want to do. They're all about the future, and that helped them. And then Miami came off a lot of money. I think they saved about $8 million yeah. um, in luxury tax fees and stuff like that by getting off of Joel Anthony's contract. He wasn't playing for them. And, um, you know, we know they're, they've been in talks, at least, with Andrew Bynum's people. Uh, they're, they're slightly interested. They're not desperate. Uh, but – by saving that money with Joel Anthony, if they deem it necessary to go out and sign an Andrew Bynum, then now it won't be as bad of a financial hit as it would have before. You mentioned Andrew Bynum. Is the Heat the front runner to land Andrew, or are there other teams that could land him? You know, it's hard to say. I've been in close contact with some people close to this thing, and it's hard to say if there's a front runner or not. Um, nobody's desperate for him. Nobody's throwing a boatload of money at him, which money is very important because he's lost a lot of money over the last few years. So um, Miami, again, they're they're in the hunt. I mean, if they really want him and want to pay more than the vet's minimum, which they could do, I think they, they probably get him. The Knicks have a little bit of interest. But some teams are concerned about uh, whether or not he's really all in, and that is a factor here. That's probably a big reason. He hasn't been signed yet. Um, and it also may not be a coincidence that Greg Oden played last night right. uh, with Andrew Bynum available because if they feel like Greg Oden's a guy they can count on for 10, 15, 20 minutes a night in the playoffs, then there's really no need for them to bring in an Andrew Bynum. Do you expect Rajon Rondo to be with the Celtics after the trade deadline, or do you think he could get dealt this year? Uh, I would I expect him to be there after the deadline. I think if he's traded, um, it'll be maybe in the off season. Um, every indication has been that the Celtics want to, you know, they want to see how Rajon plays with them, see if he can be that leader and the guy that they can build around. Now, we know they don't want to win a lot of games this year, um, and if Rajon comes back and helps them do that, that could be, you know, that could kind of go against their plan of getting in that lottery. Um, so it's possible, certainly, he could get traded, but they know that the thing that makes his trade value the best is if he comes back and plays well. So, you know, they're not desperate to trading, but if they get a great deal that they think bodes, you know, well with their plans for the future, then it's certainly possible. A lot of, if he's playing well, a lot of people would love to have a Rajon Rondo 
but they're certainly not just going to give him away. It has to be something something beneficial. We're talking with Chris Broussard, ESPN.com and ESPN the Magazine. Chris, we saw the NBA come out and apologize after the refs did not call a foul on Monte Ellis against the Pelicans on Saturday night. This is the second time the NBA has had to apologize for a call, and coincidentally they both benefited the Dallas Mavericks. Do you think the league will discuss this in the offseason and find a different way to handle these no calls? They should, and uh, I do think they will because the league doesn't want this type of thing to uh, put its integrity in the question. Because, look, I mean, look, the Western Conference is so tough. The Pelicans are so young. I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year. Right. But let's let's say they do get in the hunt, you know, for that eighth seed. You know, this is a game that perhaps, in theory at least, could could cost them a playoff spot. Yeah. Uh, and Dallas right now, if I'm not mistaken, is the eight-seeded team. So it could benefit them in that regard. So, yeah, this is something that definitely has to be taken care of. With instant replay and all that, there's no excuse. You don't have to let this thing, this type of thing keep happening. So, yeah, I think they will look at it and, and try to figure out a way to, to make it a better situation. Speaking of the Pelicans, Anthony Davis averaging close to 20 points, 10 rebounds, three blocks per game. What have you seen from Davis this season compared to last season? And also, do you think he should be on this year's All-Star team? Well, I love Anthony. Uh, went down earlier with for ESPN the Magazine early in the season before he was injured. Did a sit-down interview with him. Really great kid. Humble. Um, hungry. Um knows what he needs to work on to get better and really wants to get better. Um, I've seen, you know, more versatility in his game. I've seen more strength in his game. I've seen more confidence in his game this season by, you know, knowing now what to expect with the NBA grind, what to expect from certain players. Still got some things to learn. But um, I, I really like the development from year one to year two. And I know one of his goals is to play the 82 games. He's not going to be able to do that, obviously. But, um, you know, if he can stay healthy for the most part the remainder of the way, then I think that he'll have to be happy with that. Um, as far as the all-star team, you know, it really is going to be close. Obviously, the starter, let's say you take seven front court players. And with so many guards in the East, they may only take six. They may have six front court, six back court. But let's say they take seven. Um, the starters are going to be Blake Griffin, Kevin Garnett, and Dwight Howard. Right. LaMarcus Aldridge from Portland is a definite. Uh, Tim Duncan, I think, with the coaches, they probably will vote him in. That's five. Mm -hmm. David Lee, 20 points, 10 rebounds a game, essentially. Uh, Golden State is winning a lot of games. Right. He could get voted in. That would be six. Then it could come down to Anthony and DeMarcus Cousins, neither of whom is winning a lot of games, mm -hmm. although obviously New Orleans winning more than Sacramento. Yeah. Um, but Sacramento started to play well with Rudy Gay, and Cousins' numbers are off the charts, 23 points, 11 rebounds a game. Um, Anthony's aren't, aren't – much worse. They're, they're right there as well. What, nine, almost 20 points, 10 or 11 rebounds. Um, I think coaches between those two, I think coaches would tend to go with Anthony because I think they would appreciate like his attitude better. 
the team is winning a little bit more. Um, and he plays better defense than Cousins. So I think coaches would go with him again, though. They may take six. So he's right on that bubble. If he hadn't gotten injured, um, maybe he'd have a little stronger chance. I know he's only out a few weeks, but right. um, but he's right on that bubble. He certainly, if he doesn't make it this year, which would be great because it's in New Orleans, obviously. Yeah. But if he doesn't make it this year, make no mistake, he's going to be a perennial all-star, um, assuming he stays healthy. Now, you just mentioned his growth from year one to year two, and this could be a crazy question. I'm a crazy person, so it makes sense. But can a former number one pick like Anthony Davis win the Most Improved Player Award this year? Well, yeah, sure. Um, now, you know, he was injured last year to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at his numbers, I think the jumps from about 13 points to almost 20. Um, that's a significant lift. You know, Eric Bledsoe in Phoenix was—he was my front runner at least until he got injured. Right. Um, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think. I know there are a few other guys um, who really made—you know—made big leaps. Uh, but I, Sean Livingston—he's probably right now in the running for comeback player of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm running through the teams in my mind. But, yeah, Anthony, you know, has to be in the running. Um, So I don't think the number one pick would hinder him at all because it's really about what he did last year versus what he's doing this year. So he certainly has a shot for that. That's ESPN's Chris Broussard. You can find him on ESPN.com and ESPN the magazine. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Chris underscore Broussard. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today, and uh, thanks for bringing a little fire to the to the show a little bit in the start. <laughs> I'm putting out the challenge, man. Look, I'm lighting a fire under the Pelicans. I am a Pelican. I was born in Louisiana, um, so I'm pulling for the guys. Uh, but they they gotta they gotta step it up a little bit. Can't settle for moral victory. Challenge accepted. Chris Broussard from ESPN.com and ESPN The Magazine. More on the Black and Blue Report in one minute. Your New Orleans Pelicans take flight this Saturday, January 18th, when the Golden State Warriors come to town. It's Military Appreciation Night at the arena. We're tip-offs at 7 p.m. with the Pelicans' best pregame block party getting it underway at 5.30. Featuring live music, the Sataran Season Ticket Garden, and interactive games for the kids. Tickets start as low as $19 and are available by calling 504-525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. NBA All-Star 2014 is coming to New Orleans with an exciting lineup. The BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge is your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. On Friday, February 14th, the New Orleans Arena will play host as the rookies and sophomores team up to battle for bragging rights and make a name for themselves in the Big Easy. Tickets are on sale now through NBAevents.com for as low as $10. BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge, your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. This is Pelican Center, Jason Smith, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salerson. You heard the first part of Sean Kelly's interview with Pelicans head coach Monty Williams from last night's show. So now let's play you the second part on today's show. Coach, are, are you frustrated at this point? Seven straight losses, no, no Holiday, no Anderson 
Evans has been out. I don't know how you wouldn't be at this time. Well, for a coach, it's always frustrating. But I'm frustrated after wins. I mean, because I'm just built that way. I'm more frustrated for our players because everybody's writing us off. And I get that. You're missing Ryan, Drew, Tyreek's been in and out. It'd be easy to just mail it in. But our guys have fought and clawed and done everything I've asked them to do. And um, it's unfortunate that we've lost these games. And, and you could point to the schedule and talk about the teams we've played. But the bottom line is when you go to bed at night as an athlete, the loss keeps you up. It doesn't matter who you play. And it's like Herm Edwards said, you play to win the game. And, and that's what we do. That's what we've done our whole lives. This is all I've known since I was 10 years old playing high-level competitive sports. It's, it's frustrating to lose games in a row. But I am pleased with the fight of our team, the competitive nature of our team, and I hope our fans are. I really do. Um, you, you're going to be hard-pressed to find any team around the league lose three of their top five guys and continue to compete every single night and, and give it up for each other, for the organization, and for the fan base. Greg Popovich was here on Monday. He told me, he said, I can't imagine what I'd do without Tony Parker over a long period of time. And here now Monty has you know, lost his starting point guard. He's lost his leading scorer. Um, I, I know you hate when I lead you down this path, but I am. You, I, I almost feel like you have a brand-new team here in mid-January. That, that's exactly what we have, Sean. I mean, we've had to reinvent ourselves. Uh, we've changed our offensive package. We've done some different things on defense, and um, it's helping us to grow as a team. It's expanded me as a coach. It's not something that you think about doing when you're putting your stuff together in June and July and August and September. You're thinking about the guys that you have on paper. You never go into a season thinking, well, this guy's going to be out and this guy and top three guys are going to be out. And you don't think that way. And so when it happens to you, you spend a lot of time. And I, I, I so value my coaching staff, uh, Randy and Dave, uh, Freddie and Brian Gates, Kevin, Jamel, and Bryson Graham, smarter than all of us. Those guys have helped us. We spend a lot of time talking about the things that we have to do now with this team. It's totally different. You know, we rely on Eric more. We got to rely on AD. And I, I know it's not what the fans planned on as well, but I, I pray and I hope that they will hang in there with us um, as we try to move forward. And um, we're going to win some games this year because we're going to compete like that every single night. And the bottom line is, I, I think I know this town in that they love a team that's going to fight every single night. And, and that's who I am. That's what I'm trying to infuse into our team. And the other thing is you have a, a, a superstar in the making in Anthony Davis. And so we're watching him grow up right in front of our eyes. And I just pray that he can continue to do that. Certainly worth coming out. That's, that's for sure. Do you need more bodies, though? And maybe this isn't a fair question to ask you as the head coach, but do you need more bodies? Well, obviously you, you, you want – to always have really good players. We have guys that are capable. They, they've never been in this position. Darius has never been in this position. B-Rob has been in a starting spot, but not 30-plus games into the year. And, and looking at being in that spot for the rest of the year. So it depends on the bodies. You know, we, we have to get another wing who can just flat-out knock down shots because that's going to open it up for guys like A.D. and Eric and Tyreek while Drew and Ryan – are out. And then Dell and his staff, are, they scour other teams and they talk trades all the time. But the trades are really hard to do. It's, 
it's about like living with me. I mean, it's a very hard thing to do. So the bottom line is we have to work with what you have, what we have. Our guys are capable. We just got to learn how to finish games, and uh, we will do that. Coach, let's finish by looking forward. Whether it's you want to share with me uh, how you'll communicate with your team in the next 24, 48 hours, or if you want to share a little preview about what you have on Saturday, and that's a visit by Golden State. Well, I'll give you both. I think our guys need a break from me because I've been grinding at them. You know, I think the last thing you want to do as a coach when you have a situation like ours is let up. And I've really pushed our guys and demanded a lot. And so we're going to take a day to flush and get right back at it uh, the next time we have a chance to practice. And as far as our schedule, it it doesn't get any easier. And you've heard me say this before. Anytime you you lace them up in the NBA, you're going against the best. I don't care what their record is. And so we know we have our work cut out when you're undermanned and dealing with injuries and all that stuff. Um, it's, It's just part of the NBA. Nobody's going to feel sorry for us for long, especially our opponents. And this is life. And our guys are, are living it in the NBA. Most times in the NBA, you just deal with, you know, fluff. But we, we've had to deal with a lot of stuff uh, the past few years. And I think it, it builds manhood and it builds the things that are going to remain um, from this point forward. I know you and the guys will keep grinding. All the best, Coach. Good luck this weekend against Golden State. Thank you, bro. And God bless everybody out there and our fans. Please keep cheering for our guys. If you're one that likes to write letters, write a letter to our guys and just tell them how much you appreciate it, their effort, because they are fighting for you guys. And, and you know, I'm going to do my best to put them in a position to win. So God bless you all and keep coming out to support. Well, Sean always does a great job with his interviews with the coach. And you can hear the Monty Williams show every Thursday night at 8 p.m. on the flagship 105.3 WWLFM. Coming up next, I'll wrap things up on the Black and Blue Report. Are you ready for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health care reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com. Your first stop when following your teams. I know, I know. You don't want me to end the show because that means you won't hear my beautiful voice for the rest of the day. Actually, I think listeners are riding outside as we speak with Bring Back Sean Kelly signs. Don't worry, you can hear Mr. Kelly and John DeShazer tomorrow starting at 7 p.m. as the Pelicans host the Golden State Warriors. Programming note for the Black and Blue Report, will have no show on Monday due to Martin Luther King Day. But the Pelicans do have a game that day. It's an MLK Day matinee as the Pelicans head to Memphis to take on the Grizzlies. Tip-off is at 4 p.m. And, of course, you can hear it on 105.3 WWL-FM and the Pelicans Radio Network. 
Sean will be back on Tuesday's Black and Blue Report, and we'll know by then who is heading to frigid New Jersey to play in this Super Bowl. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks for making me a part of your day. Also, a thanks to Monty Williams, Sean Kelly, and Chris Broussard. I'm Daniel Salerson. Have a fantastic weekend. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. 